We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to a special preview of the Pack-A-Day podcast. When our podcast officially launches on Thursday, July 26, we will be the very first 365-day-a-year Packers podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day-Podcast. Remember to subscribe using whatever your favorite podcast service happens to be. My name is Andrew Mertig, and I am a writer for PackersTalk.com, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Fellows. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really good. Super pumped to be a part of the Packaday podcast. Really pumped to uh, be partnering up with you. I think I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be a great team. Absolutely. I hope so. You're you're pulling most of the weight. Absolutely. But I mean, as long as we're being honest, this is good. <laughs> So for our special preview edition today, we are going to be breaking down the wide receiver group for 2018. Um, what kind of changes have we seen this offseason uh, with the wide receiver grouping? Yeah, we really can't get into the future of the Green Bay Packers without talking about what has happened this offseason uh, with the departures of Jordy Nelson and Jeff Janis. Uh, we kind of joked off air that we could really just kind of take a lot of time uh, as a moment of silence for these guys who contributed so much to the Packers over the last several years. 
Um, Jordy, you know, is an all-time great uh, fan favorite, and it is really possible that he really does have a little left in the tank. And so we wish them the best in Oakland. Um, but it really is uh, best to let a player go a little bit early uh, instead of a little bit late. And so uh, I think Ryan Gutekunst made a great decision this offseason to let him go. Jeff Janis is a little bit different for me. I've never been uh, a Janis truther, but he's a, a great guy. And we'll always remember that Hail Mary catch from Rodgers, uh, his abilities as a special teams player. Um, but the reality is he never really learned to run a route. And so uh, I think it was time to go in a different direction. And uh, shout out to those guys. But your 2018 Green Bay Packers will not, unfortunately, include Jordy Nelson and Jeff Janis. Yeah. And I mean, I love Jordy Nelson as much as anybody else. He was he's absolutely one of my all time favorite Green Bay Packers. Um, But with his cap number, with the decline in production that we were seeing, um, you know, that money definitely can be used elsewhere on the roster. Um, and I think it, it was the right decision, even if it was a painful one. Um, and when it comes to Jeff Janis, I think probably he's going to be missed a little bit more by Ron Zook than he would be by anybody on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so necessary subtractions, um, even if it's uh, definitely had Packers Twitter in an uproar earlier this this uh, winter. All right, now that we've talked about some players who have recently departed us, uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, who's actually on the roster now, starting with Devontae Adams. Um, for me, Devontae had an absolutely breakout year in 2017. I thought he was really good in, in 2016, um, but he was probably the only player who looked – uh, like an actual playmaker with Brett Hundley. And I think that says a lot about him, that he was able to kind of overcome the poor quarterback play um, and, and still look like a really good player out there. I think this is the year where he emerges as a star. Um, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, there's no reason Devontae can't be a pro Bowl player. He's easily wide receiver number one. Um, and he really, I think, is going to break into that elite wide receiver category. He plays with a suddenness that really sets him apart from a lot of other players in the league. He's also become an elite route runner, um, and I think that is very different from what we saw early on in his career where he was a a good route runner coming out of Fresno State, but um, he's really worked on his craft in that area and um, turned that into a major strength. He has shown the ability to make the catches um, even when defensive backs are smothering him. And that's something we always saw with Jordy Nelson where he was, um, you know, able to sometimes make a catch where it didn't even seem like that was humanly possible. Um, With Adams, we saw times when the cornerback was facing him, they'd grab it through their armpit or around their helmet. um, And he just finds ways to make plays. Um, every once in a while we see a mental lapse and a drop and an easy pass. Um, we saw a lot of that early in his career, but he's cleaned much of that up. Um, and I just think he's ready to take the next step and be weapon number one for, for number 12. Uh, any additional thoughts on, on Devante Kyle? 
I think you covered uh, Adams really well. I think he talks about his suddenness, which I do think is what makes him such a special player. And I know this is a little bit controversial. Uh, Twitter likes to uh, to really uh, dissect this, but I do think he's a top 10 wide receiver in this league. And I think we'll continue uh, to see him grow into that role. Like you said, uh, he'll have the lion's share of the targets. He'll have Rodgers this year. Um, and I think you're right. I think we'll see a Pro Bowl nod um, at the end of the season. Um did you see the pro uh, the the Brandon Cooks contract that just came out? I thought I saw something like five years, eighty million. Se- seems a bit high. It's crazy, and I think it's just one more testament to uh, what Ted Thompson did for this team before he left, um, and giving us uh, four more years of Devonte Adams in that extension. That uh, looks like such a team friendly deal uh, compared to what we just saw Brandon Cooks sign. And I would argue uh, Cooks is not the player that the Adams is. So I think we have the the privilege of watching him to continue to grow into the player that he can become this season. Yeah, I think he's easily becoming one of the best bargains in, in all of football with the, with that contract. Um, so moving on to Randall Cobb, what, what, what are your thoughts on uh, his outlook for this season? So Randall Cobb is one of the most interesting players, I think, on this Packers team because I think we really do forget how good he is and what he means to this offense. Uh, Cobb is kind of the definition of reliable and that's not always a sexy thing to be, but you need that sense of reliability when you're working with Aaron Rodgers because he only throws to players that he trusts, that he knows are going to be where they need to be when he delivers the ball. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, Cobb has only had uh, he only had two drops in 2017. Um, and if you go back just one year before that, uh, Andrew, what is one number that you can think of that's less than two? Uh, one. He had one drop in 2016. You're really good at math and numbers. I can I tell. try. So he's had a combined three drops in the last two seasons. And so uh, that's something that Aaron Rodgers trusts. And so I fully expect him to return maybe even to that 2014, 2015 uh, season where he was averaging 128 targets uh, a season. Um, and so I think we can see where like uh, where Jordy Nelson will be leaving, where we can see Randall Cobb stepping in and taking on some of that role in this offense. Uh, one more interesting nugget on Cobb is uh, Jarvis Landry uh, has been a stud in the slot for Joe Philbin in Miami. Uh, and I know that they're not the same player. They don't play the, the game the same way. But it's hard to imagine Philbin uh, coming to Green Bay and not making Cobb a focal point in this offense and using him in some creative ways uh, in the slot that we'll see in 2018. Yeah, and I thought Philbin did a really good job of making the slot a weapon, sort of scheming towards that a little bit as much as outside receivers. Um, one of the other things that always strikes me about Cobb, we we tend to think he's a lot older than he is. He's 27 right now, going on 28 uh, before the season starts. Um, still a lot a lot left in that tank, um, and I think sometimes we we tend to think he's you know in his 30s because he's been around the league for a long time, but we have to remember he kind of came in pretty young. Um, Now we're just going to talk about young players, the rest of the way out, right? Um, Geronimo Ellison. um, Has basically become a veteran on this team entering his third season um, because wide receiver group is so young. Um, And, and, 
the third season for a wide receiver is always very crucial. Um, most Packer receivers have found success in that third year. Um, and yeah, last year was disappointing for Geronimo. I think a lot of that had to do with Brett Hundley. Um, there's a Seinfeld episode where Elaine talks about having some grace and then somebody corrects her and says, you either have grace or you don't. Um, and to me, there's something called football grace. It's, it's, you know, how you look on the field and Geronimo has that he's, such a fluid athlete. The The way he adjusts to balls in midair reminds me almost of Jordy Nelson, um, that ability on the sideline to sort of contort yourself to make the play and then get your feet down. Um, not everybody has that. Um, many receivers don't. Um, most human beings don't. Um, I certainly don't. Um, but Geronimo has that, that kind of fluidity and grace to him. Um, and I think, you know, he has a lot of pressure on him this year um, because there's not a lot behind him as a proven commodity. Um, so the, the pressure to step up and be that third receiver is great, but I really foresee good things from him as long as Aaron Rodgers is on the field. I agree. Um, and I do want to talk about Jamon Moore here for just a second. Um, Jamon Moore was our fourth round pick uh, this year and uh, was taken um, ahead of the two other rookie wide receivers that will be um, in camp this year. I honestly did think that the Packers would select a wide receiver before the fourth round, uh, but they didn't. Uh, so uh, I do like Jamon. Uh, there were some guys I liked earlier in the draft, but they didn't go that route. Uh, but when I went back and watched the Mizzou tape, there is a lot to like uh, with Moore. Um, he has a lot to work with. Um, there is a lot of upside with his game. Um, some negatives do exist. He has some concentration drops, um, some fumbles at Mizzou. Uh, he had three fumbles in just the 2016 alone. So uh, that's not a great statistic. Um, but Mizzou also didn't ask him to run a full route tree. So there will be a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, but like I said, there's a lot to like with more. Uh, he had 2,000 yard receiving seasons back to back. Um, and one thing that I know the Packers loved about Moore, uh, because they, they like these measurables, is his three-cone time. And a three-cone time measures uh, agility and quickness and tight areas. And so Moore ran uh, a 6.563 cone, um, which in a vacuum is a useless number, but was tied uh, for the fastest of all the wide receivers at the Combine. And so he's really quick, uh, especially for his size at 6'3", 205. Um, so really in, uh, dangerous after the catch. And so I really do think if he can get on the same page with Rodgers uh, and avoid those drops and uh, learn to run that full route tree, uh, he could really have a chance uh, to push Geronimo for that third wide receiver job. Um, but those are some big ifs and things that we'll have to see how they play out in training camp. Yeah. And, and another rookie um, that I wanted to talk about, Equinemius St. Brown, probably the best name and all of football at this point. Um, he was my favorite wide receiver entering this draft. Um, not the best wide receiver, but my personal favorite. Um, if, if you get a chance to watch anything about his family, whether that be on, there was HBO real sports, there was ESPN that followed him around, um, for the draft. Um, fascinating story. His father, John Brown was a two time Mr. Universe. Um, 
John Brown had all of his sons living like professional athletes, even at like five years old. Um, he's definitely going to know what it takes to be a pro when it comes to diet, uh, when it comes to working out and fitness, when it comes to being, you know, learning a playbook and, and understanding. But he's not just uh, a jock. He's not just a trained uh, professional athlete assassin like the Ball family. He also um, has a 4.0 GPA. He's fluent in three languages. He's lived um, in Germany for six months. Um, and oh, did I mention he's six five and runs a four four eight forty? Yeah, that those are all things that that you can interest me in. Plus, he's only 21 years old. Um, he is absolutely what you look for in a prospect. Unfortunately, he had to deal with some really, really bad quarterback play in college. Um, Notre Dame's tape does not look great. Um, there might be a little bit of a question about his passion, too. Sort of made, you know, feels a little bit forced into this role. Um but he's going to be impactful if he wants to. And, and if, if he proves to Aaron Rodgers, he can be trusted. This is a guy who could be a really, really great receiver in a year or two. Um, and I think he can contribute right away. I get the feeling that you like Mr. St. Brown quite a bit. I do. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He is my, my man crush for, (laughs) for uh, our training grant training camp preseason. Um, you'll be hearing me talk a lot about him in the coming weeks. All right. That sounds good. Did you know that his last name was just actually Brown, like his dad and his dad added the ST in front of it so that it would pop out on Jersey better. I did not, but that sounds like a fantastic marketing ploy. I, I just feel like intense is the only word I can think of to describe that family. It's just, it's awesome. It's good stuff though. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, one of our other rookies here. Um, that's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, he's our fifth round pick from South Florida and he's really a size speed freak, right? He runs a four, three, seven, he's six, four. His coaches all talk about how bright he is, super intelligent guy, but he's probably the most developmental of all these wide receivers. Uh, we might see him play some special teams right away. We already talked about uh, Jeff Janis is gone. And so somebody has got to be that gunner um, on the outside. Um, but he's probably the furthest from seeing the field as a wide receivers, in my opinion, as well, uh, even though he's taken ahead of St. Brown. Um, one interesting fact um, that's not a great look for Marquez is that according to pro football focus, he has one of the highest drop rates among the wide receivers in this class. So that's not great, uh, but you uh, might've seen, I think, I th- did you see he's working out with Randy Moss? Is that true? I saw some videos online and some people were actually confused as to who is who, because uh, MVS looks the part for sure. He's definitely a freak. He's got that size and that speed. And so we'll see if he can put it all together. I'm personally convinced that we have the next Randy Moss uh, on the Green Bay Packers right now. Is, is that seem fair? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say he's Randy Moss without any of the off-field issues. Right. He's Randy Moss, but better. Yeah. Let's just book him for the Hall of Fame <laughs> right now. By the Jersey people. MVS, Hall of Fame. You heard it here first. That's the truth. <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Michael Clark. I don't think Michael Clark is a future Hall of Famer. Sorry to say. Uh, He is very tall and he is pretty fast. Um, He 
really is still learning the position. Um, and I think, you know, he's going to have a chance this training camp and preseason to make some impressions. Um, hopefully he's got a really good relationship with Brett Hundley and is developing that with Kaiser. Uh, Cause he's, he's going to need to see the ball a lot um, to make an impression on the coaching staff. I think um, I would absolutely love for him to spend another year on the, the practice squad. Cause I think he's a, a really cool developmental prospect. Um, I just don't see that happening. If the Packers can't find a way to keep him on the active roster, some other team is going to snatch him up. Um, he just has too much raw talent and ability um, not to. Unfortunately, I think there's a little bit of redundancy there with St. Brown and Valdez Scantling. I, he kind of has a similar skill set, but maybe even less experience than the rookies because he's new to the, the wide receiver position. So I want to jump right in and, uh, uh, drop a bomb on this next one. I think we have a pretty explosive player to talk about here. Somebody um, who's quite a threat, um, even in an airport, uh, maybe. Uh, but uh, we got to talk about Trevor Davis. And uh, we know that he's had a little bit of a hard time uh, finding the field um, as more than a, a return threat. So um, you like his speed. Uh, you know that they can use him in the return game. Um, one of the critiques of Davis coming out of Cal was that he was fast. Uh, not super quick. Uh, he kind of needs that build-up speed, so you can't really feed him the ball underneath in the flats. Uh, it's just not where he's going to be effective. So um, he's not nuanced as a route runner. So lots of flaws in his game. So my hot take for Trevor Davis is I really do think he's probably a camp body because I think he's replaceable by Tremont Williams, uh, Jair Alexander, and uh, Ty Montgomery in the return game. And I'm just not sure that there's anything that he can do um, as a receiver that will justify him making the 53 man roster. Not to mention he does have some of those off the field questions that just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. Yeah. I always felt like Trevor Davis and Jeff Janis had the nine route down pretty well. Like they can run in a straight line. Um, and then All day. Ho- hopefully they run past somebody and <laughs> the quarterback and get the ball to them. But other than that, I, yeah, I, I'm not seeing the value for Trevor Davis. Um, another guy who could potentially just be a camp body is Jake Kumaro, um, who played his college ball at Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, so he's a, kind of a local boy. Um, he transferred in from Illinois, won two D3 championships. Um, his dad was a first-round pick. He's a cousin to the Bosa brothers, which is really cool. Um, he's big. He makes a ton of plays in the red zone. Um, but really, I just don't see any quickness or burst or or uh, the agility to compete with the new guys who also happen to be really tall. Um, other, but they're they're just far superior athletes. Um, and he's not eligible for the practice squad anymore. So, um, unfortunately, I don't see Jake Kumaro making the roster. But he can come back to Green Bay and hang out with the Bosa brothers when the Green Bay Packers draft. Nick Bosa in next year's draft, right? With the Saints pick when they go one in 15, of course. Yes. Absolutely. I will be the biggest fan of whoever plays the Saints all year this year. <laughs> Except the one week when they play the Vikings. Just oh, yeah. You have, a, you have an excellent point there, my friend. <laughs> I've evaluated their schedule very closely. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right. Um, Nick Bosa, 2019 NFL draft. You heard it here first. Okay. Um, where are we going now? D'Angelo Yancey. 
D'Angelo Yancey. Uh, so Yancey was a fifth round pick 2017. It's unfortunate. It feels kind of like the Packers have uh, just kind of moved on from Yancey. Uh, but they obviously saw something that they liked in him just last year. Um, they used one of their pre-draft visits on Yancey. You only get so many of those. So uh, they saw something that they liked in him. And we saw some flashes on the field. Uh, he had that long play from Taysom Hill in the preseason. Uh, but we really haven't seen much buzz around him since then. So um, I personally think that if Brian Gutekunst was bullish on Yancey, he probably would not have drafted three wide receivers this year. Um, but he still obviously has a chance to prove himself uh, in this training camp and this preseason. Um, but he has an uphill battle ahead of him, um, and it's going to take a lot uh, to make this team for for Yancey. Absolutely. Um, I, I like Yancey maybe a little bit better than most, but uh, I, I just can't see um, with all the talent that they're bringing in um, a way to the active roster for him. Um, so, you know, do you, do you think this this position group is is going to be able to make an impact this year? I think it's going to have to. I think that's a big question. I think there are a few questions on the roster. Uh, those are other conversations for other day other days. But I think uh, wide receivers will have to step up. I think when you make a bold move like letting someone like Jordy Nelson go, uh, you're assuming that someone can come in and fill that production. Uh, I think some of that will probably come from someone like Jimmy Graham. But I also think that they feel good about this group. And I think that um, there will be the question of which of these three steps up. Um, and makes that impact, which one can prove that they have that rapport with Aaron Rodgers and that he trusts them uh, to make some plays in the passing game. So uh, lots to see here, uh, lots to be excited about um, from this rookie group. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, having some additional talent at tight end is really going to help take a little bit of pressure off of such a young position group um, at wide receiver. So, um you know, if Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis can can stay healthy all year, um, that hopefully will will help alleviate the need to get a lot of those rookies on the field. Um, so, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about our um, roster predictions uh, on, on our future podcast. So, what do you say we just make all the listeners wait until uh, next Friday to hear what who we think is going to make the roster? Are we going to torture them like that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. dangle that carrot out there. <laughs> you got to come back. You got to come back and listen to us. <laughs> absolutely. So um, this has been a special edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Um, you can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit. Um, and I would highly recommend that. He is a uh, fantastic follow. A lot of great insight there. Um, and if you want to read about some very trivial stuff or uh, some of the the things I'm writing um, at Packers Talk and tell me how terrible I am, uh, you can follow me at, at Andrew Mertig. Um, remember to please follow the at Pack-A-Day podcast um, Twitter account as well. All the position previews are going to be available in the next few days, uh, so you can check all of those out. Um, our podcast officially launches on Thursday, July 26th, and um, on that very first day, it will be hosted by our fearless leader, Andy Herman. Um, and we are going to kick off on Friday, July 27th. And then we're going to be on every Friday leading up to the season. So um, if you want to hear some more highly entertaining Packers talk, uh, you can listen 
to Kyle and I. Um, Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite subscription service for podcasts is. Um, And thank you very much for listening. And as always, remember to... 